First game of the season. Who wins? I win. Let's go and cash it in. Here we go. Hold on. Cash me out. Get the safe open. Get that safe open. Hello and welcome to the Inter Big Safe podcast, the first edition of which will be many. I'm here today with uh, Brody. Want to say hi, Hello, Brody. everyone. Hi, Jack. You alright? Yeah, so um, just tell us a little about yourself, Brody, to start with. Why not? Well, I am 21 years old. I'm from Shrewsbury. I went to uh, Chester University to study sports journalism, which uh, me and Jack did together. We spent three years on the course. We got uh, both got a 2-1. A few ups and downs, I'd say, but uh, we got there in the end. Um, yeah, that's a bit about myself. I'm a United fan, big football fan. Other sports I like, I like boxing, I like uh, MMA, mainly UFC. I like tennis. I like uh, quite a lot of different things. So, obviously, from Manchester, yes, as a Manchester United <laughs> fan. Uh, not quite. Uh, <laughs> get oh, that a lot. Salford, uh, you know, <sighs> yeah. somewhere around the Greater Manchester area, is it? Yeah, at least it's not fucking Pakistan, so all Bangladesh. It's not yeah, that bad. <sighs> like, I guess a lot. Though. Is this starting already, isn't it? Fucking uh, plastic armchair, here we go. Yeah, if you want to call it me, fine. Bring it on. It's uh, more down to family ties, like... Like, and when you're brought up, aren't you? That'd be a bit weird to yeah. support anyone Your else. Your great, great granddad once went to Manchester on his paper round. Hey, uh, yeah, exactly. You know it. Yeah. Just because you did a tour of Coronation Street, he means he's a proper bank. <laughs> he's more of a fucking northerner than you are, anyway. Um, yeah, you probably on the game at Old Trafford was a soccer aid game, so you know. He's <sighs> getting Usain, Usain Bolt and bloody, you know, all them good ones. Yeah, Robbie so, Williams, uh, sometimes. Hey, you can't be any worse than Ben Brewerton, eh? Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Look at that. Segue on. Yeah. Exactly, we're segueing into you now. So you're so, a um, fan, aren't you? Yeah, I, I am. Yes, Brody. So obviously my name is Jack, as uh, Brody pointed out. And yeah, uh, My name is Earl Vibes here. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a 21-year-old uh, suffering Blackman fan. Um, I have. I was pretty much born in the, the Great Depression in terms of Blackman history. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't got much better. Um, yeah. So Basically, am... where you live is like the winter of discontent, but all year round. It's not yes. just one season. It's just dull and dark and horrible. It, it's not great. Um, you so basically I'll... live in the Bermuda Triangle of shite. Blackburn, Burnley, Aki, all that crap. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, so obviously, I have an, an accent that shouldn't have really left the farm. Um <laughs> Uh, it's an awful accent, but I wouldn't change it for the world, except I probably would, because, you know, it's again, it's terrible. Um, I think it's great. I love it. I think it's just cool. Like, it's different. It's so boring just speaking quite, you know... Speaking like, like a Tory. Is that speaking, quite boring? Yeah. I mean, not... Yeah, all right, okay. I'm not yeah. going to get into politics, but yeah. I'm not a Tory, but if you want to, you know, want to compare me to one, that's fine, you know. So I think what all the viewers are dying to know is why is it called Into Big Safe? I think that's what they want to know. Or uh, thousands of listeners right now. Well, <laughs> if that, millions, I think. But um, so, you know what? It, it's, it's, it's an embarrassing story, but quite a funny one as well. So, it's it's uh, not very uh, showbiz. 
I, you know, I think it is quite showbiz. You know how oh, like, okay. you've got stories how celebrities get their names and stuff like that. You know, this is this was the start of a big adventure for us. So obviously, me and Brody, um, were obviously, like he said, we were at uni together, and um, you know, we were partial to a bet every now and then. You know, small little wager. Uh, Only uh, partial. We wouldn't bet all the time, like every you, game. Yeah, no, we we definitely wouldn't spend all our overdraft money on bets, to, <laughs> which which yeah. never returned. So we'd go to a, um, a local bookmakers, um, won't mention who. Um, you know, we'd we'd put a bet on. We'd put a, you know every weekend we'd put a couple of quid. You know, a few ponies. You know, you know whatever you want. A few ponies. Yeah. Um, Since when were you a cockney? Not with this accent. So um, you know, we, we, you know, we'd have a dabble. You know, as you would. Um, there was this video doing the rounds on Twitter, right? And it was a man, a Scottish man, going into a Ladbrokes. <laughs> Scottish, and, was he? Yes, a Scottish man going into a Ladbrokes going, open up the big safe! Get that fucker open! You know, you know, open it up, you know, crack it open! And we uh, we found that hilarious. So it was me that saw the video initially and another friend that I showed it to and we all laughed about it. And um, later down the line, I told Brody about this video, and he, he loved the idea as well. I wanted to try and find it and show it to him, but I couldn't find it anyway. It's like disappeared off the face of the earth. And um, yeah, so we just started going into Ladbrokes, you know, half bevved, you know, going open up the big safe, just like our, our guy from the video. A, a few bets later, it, it took about six months, and you know, we'd say this phrase a lot. We'd always say, "Oh, we open up the big safe this weekend," you know, all this stuff. So then we found. I actually found the video on Twitter, and I was I was very delighted to find this. So my friend actually found it for me and sent it to me, and I was like, "That's brilliant, brilliant!" All this time we've waited. You know, this is the man, the legend. We even found the the account that put it out and everything like that. So we found him, and it turns out he doesn't even say any from remote to like what we remember. It's like Mandela effect where you just yeah. remember things differently because we all yeah. had this remembrance. Not broad because he never saw the video. He just got caught up in the hype train of it. But, yeah, um, I'm, I'm fake. I'm not really yeah. a fan over here. So, but we, I'm pl- I'm pl- like, plastic fan of everything, not just football. Yeah. We specifically remember him saying, "Open up the big safe" in a Scottish accent. But it turns out it was a Cockney bloke going into a Ladbrokes. We got that correct. He didn't say "Open up the big safe." He just said, "You know, crack it open, give me the money." You know, like to be so off base with our. <laughs> At this point, we re- we invented ourselves to be the big safe. You know, we had a pro clubs call mm. into big safe. You know, we we'd reference this all the time. So when I found this out, it was like I stumbled on a secret that I didn't want to pass on to anybody. And I I thought about you know just just closing the tab and just never mentioning it, never telling anybody because I thought it might ruin the you know it, it ruined the whole idea, the whole point of this. But, but I think not... it makes it more original, if anything, because we're not copying someone else anymore. This is our thing. We've had inspiration, sure, but we, this is our thing. Open up a big save. That's, you know, between us lot. You know, I'd, I'd say, you know, it, it was done on purpose, but it really wasn't. Um, we're just really fucking stupid, I think. <laughs> hey, um... you say stupid. I got a 2-1, you got a 2-1, and the other friend, you got a first. So how stupid are we? I mean, more stupid than the man who got the first, probably. But, uh, <laughs> so we might as well um, start talking about football, because this is what this podcast is going to be. Uh, sure, mainly yeah. football, uh, just coming from idiots that just bet on it, watch too much of it, yeah. and just what? opinions are based off 
speculation, really. I, th- I um, think uh, you're saying a short here. I think we are fine experts, and we have the capacity to one day to be on all the biggest TV stations, Sky. I think don't sell us short. We're going to have lots of good insights, of interesting opinions. We might even pull out a few facts. We can find them on the internet, and I think it will be a great in-depth conversation every episode, and the people listening, you know, initially they'll probably be like, what are they on about? Who are these idiots? But then they'll be like, you know what? No, Brody makes sense. And then from that, the start rolling, and we will get full-time jobs in the sports media industry. That sounds inspirational, man. It is, man. But what, what is good, what we, we did work out the other day, we finally settled a, a long-age debate. So, after... Never watching an NBA game <laughs> and watching a documentary heavily produced by Michael Jordan, we racked our brains together and come to the conclusion that he is in fact the GOAT. And yeah. I'm glad we can finally put that to bed. Um, cool. We just and- advertised our podcast as a podcast and straight away we talk about basketball. That is a sort of yeah, but it, 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 just kind of, it just kind of shows uh, the intelligence that's going behind these decisions, and oh, um, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's finally good for us to settle that debate, you know, especially the fact that we can't even name another basketball player. So, oh, well, in fact, I am quite quite <laughs> handy when it comes to the Chicago Chicago Bulls team in the nineties. I am quite handy at who plays. Well, no, yeah, so. that, that, that documentary has now made me an expert. So I would go as far as saying Dennis is my hero. He's an absolute frigging geezer. Yeah, so be- before we start getting into the comparisons of Pogba and Dennis Rodman... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Graham Sooners would not like Dennis Rodman <laughs> at all. I-, I-, I suppose we should move on to the football. So the first talking point... Um, so as you unfortunately probably have heard, Liverpool have won the league. Um, and we emphasise unfortunately big time. Because for anyone listening, everyone who supports Liverpool is this, you, you know... We won't have very fa- favourable opinions on Liverpool. I think we can both admit they're a fantastic team, but neither of us very much like them. Jack, you know, he has a soft spot in his heart because his mum supports him. He even has a Liverpool scarf. But me, personally, I fucking hate Liverpool. I really don't like him. I hate the fans. I'm going to put it out there. I don't care if it's segregating the audience. I think you're all deluded. And the team, it's not as unbearable as it has been in years when you had like, the likes of Suarez playing, who I can't stand. But I still... It's not a favourable view on Liverpool, I must admit. Um, Brody, why don't you just uh, sum up how the season has gone for Liverpool and how they've just picked up their first Premier League? I think for Liverpool, it, it, it's no surprise. It's, it's been a very good season. I think it's been coming. You could see the jobs done since he came in a few years back. He's built this team. Last year, they were so unlucky. You know, I hate to say it, they were really unlucky not to win the league. They had an astronomical amount of points, which normally would be enough for the league. But obviously, Man City... Different gravy again last year. What Guardia has done last couple of years been incredible again. So I think for Liverpool this season, it's no surprise. You know, thirty-three games, twenty-nine wins. You know, just the two losses. It's it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. The the spine of that squad, the spine of that eleven that starts most weeks from Allison, Van Dijk, Henderson. You know, up to Salah, Firmino. You know, all, it's it's insane. The team, the way the front three work, fluidity between the three, how they can interchange from. Bobby playing as that number nine to drop in and be in that false nine, number 10 almost, which allows Salah and Marnie to in behind. And the amount of goals Salah and Marnie this season have scored. I think the spotlight's been taken off Salah slightly, which has been, I think that's been great for Liverpool. Because I think it was possibly slightly detrimental last season because it was all on Salah, like Marnie's in the shadows. But now Marnie, I don't know, I'm obviously not a Liverpool fan, but I would be inclined to say, is he the main man at the minute this season? Like, if you ask Liverpool fans, would they rather sell Marnie or I think a 
say Salah, even though Salah's got the more goals. I think Marnie's been insane this season. You can't look past Van Dijk, who again has been incredible. Probably the best defender in the league, in the world, maybe. Maybe second to Ramos, my opinion, maybe. And yeah, they've done great. They've, they looked like at one point they weren't going to lose a game, and that was hurting. But then, yeah. what? Oh, I was like, if they do that. Then Watford, thankfully, stop that. But no, fair play to them. It, it, they've been amazing. Really, have been really good. I would agree with you with a lot of what you just said. Um, but to play devil's advocate, I think City lost last night, and they, I think that makes them the ninth defeat of the season, was it? Man City, I've got it in front of me here. Man City have lost nine games, yep. Yes, yep. So, they, so they've lost nine games a season. Which is uh, more than Man United. Exactly. So when your closest competitors have lost nine games this season, they can't beat the likes of Southampton. Should we take into consideration the fact that the rest of the league really haven't been at it? I think to a degree, you can say that, yeah. If you look at the teams uh, below, obviously Man City, I feel like with Man City, they're still a fantastic attacking team like they were last season. Aguero again has struggled with injuries, which has been really bad for City over the past few years. Maybe not terrible leagues and stuff but I think this season him not significantly playing has struggled I don't think Jesus has done an amazing job when he's came in I think Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the league I would say that and he has done some incredible things this season but I think Pep Guardiola not placing Vincent is what has let him down this year they haven't had that leader at the back they've had Laporte who's been injured again for the season had Fernandinho filling in a makeshift centre back he's a very good player and he's done an okay job at the but I feel like having that such a big gap at the back. Right? So I feel like Man City have been significantly weaker this season. But they're still, they're still, I'd say, the best team out of the league other than Liverpool this season, obviously, because they're second. They're second. They're trying to slip to third or anything now. So I'd say as far as Man City goes, their direct competition has been weaker. Uh, would you say you agree with that? Or do you think they've just been on of injuries? How would you assess the title challenges in Man City? Look, before... Um, before we really go into, you know, basically discrediting Liverpool's title, um, I think it's important for me to clarify that um, I'm probably not in the same boat that Brody is. I, I, I think Liverpool is a lovely city. I think it's one of the best cities in the, in Britain. I think the people are great, mostly. And, you know, they're some of the funniest, <laughs> the funniest people I've ever spent time with. And yes. they've got such a devotion to family and community. In saying that, Liverpool winning the league may very well have ruined my life. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. ruined, it's ruined football for me. For what has, it has been a bad season, it's the cherry on the cake, really. It's, um, yeah. It's, it's so disappointing. Um, you, you think, I, I mean, I, I, I used to love Liverpool uh, when they had Torres, you know, when they were like the small, I, when Gerard slipped, I was genuinely distressed by that. I wanted them to win the league that season. But this new age of Liverpool fans, they, they, they're very reminiscent of to what United fans were like growing up for, for myself, where they were just intolerable. Barely any of them came from the place and they just wanted more and more and they would belittle you. And they just, they're, they're awful fans, awful fans. And it's very rem, reminiscent to this time now. But in terms of... Looking at the league, I, I do believe that Liverpool have been head and shoulders above everybody else, and they definitely deserve the league. Um, they were very unlucky to lose so heavily against Watford, but 
it was coming. There was there was a there was a long uh, run of you know narrow one nils, last minute battles, and you could see it was coming. There was there was no way they were doing an invincible season, and I think that is a testament to to Arsenal really. A lot of people blitz all that season saying, you know, how many games did you rue? But to go a whole season unbeaten is... We, we just need to look at it this way, that this Liverpool side, one of the best teams we've we've seen in years, that Man City side that broke over 100 points there, people say they were the best team of a, of a generation. Yeah, they were nowhere near at Liverpool aren't, to becoming invincibles. Would you say that Arsenal team is the best team that we've seen in the Premier League era going off on the side note I think their achievement is the best achievement I think they had some quality players but I think it's again it's very important to know the competition mm. wasn't as good as it has it has been yeah so getting uh, back on track with that point we obviously spoke briefly about Man City and how I think they're strong this season what are your opinions on Man City this season I think they've been an embarrassment, to be honest. Um, it's it's been a shocking season. It's very it's very reminiscent to Pep Guardiola's first season at Man City, where they were conceding cheap goals. I think they got battered by Everton in his first season. Um, they really just need to they need to book their ideas. I agree that losing Vincent Company and not replacing him was probably the, the one of the most stupid decisions a very well club like Man City have ever made. Um, Do you think it's harsh to call it an embarrassment considering they are the second best team in England? They're still in the Champions League. They've won the League Cup. They're in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. They could end up still winning three trophies here. Do you not think that's harsh? Look, I think every City fan knows they have just not been at the races this year. It's not. It, 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 Liverpool have been a great side, but Man City have made it so easy for them to pull away. Every opportunity, um, whether up against it, Man City have seemed to crumble. Um, you could, and there's just been far too many underperformers this season. Benjamin Mendy, Edison, you know he's got a mistake in him every single game. And I think this is the problem with Man City. When you're playing against Man City, you know they're at least going to make one error at the back that is going to give you an opportunity to score. Liverpool do not have that. It's not very often you see Van Dijk misplace a pass and a player runs through on goal. It doesn't happen. Whilst, how many times have you seen? Benjamin Mendy out of position. That that Triore uh, incident against uh, Wolves sticks in my mind, where he was just too weak and he claimed for a foul. But it's just an instance of like, you know, Liverpool wouldn't have done that. It, it, you know, I think um, Robertson in that position, it just wouldn't have happened. And I think, I think that is probably a fair reflection on the City side at the minute. Then what is the gap? Obviously, I think we can both say there's a gap between Liverpool and City in this particular season. But the performance Man City put against Liverpool the other day, where they beat them very easily, really four 0 is that a case of it's it's just because the season's done and dusted? Liverpool, you know, there's nothing to play for really in their end now. Or is it a case of we are writing City off a bit too soon? We should are we forgetting that they were champions of the season? They were centurion season before. They still got world class players, but I feel like are we being harsh? Is the gap that far in terms of going into next season? Do you really, honestly think Man City are going to be that off it that they were this season? I hope not. And to be honest, I do hope that Man City do end up winning the Champions League. I think it'd be a great 
middle finger to UEFA because I do think we'll, we'll talk more about the ban in another episode because I do have very strong feelings about that. But I think it's an, it is an injustice to football, and I think they are clamping down on Man City when there's so many other teams that are also breaking financial fair play rules. But as I said, we'll get on, we'll get on to that another day because that is a podcast in itself. But um, look, you could always look at how many trophies Man City could win this season and say, well, it seems to been a success, but we all know it hasn't been. You've seen how they've played. You've seen the errors they've made. You've seen the, the goals that they've lost. It's an embarrassment. It's not a good season. Pep, I, I believe Pep is one of the greatest managers of all time. Maybe even the best, but I think even he will admit this season they've not been at the races in really any competition. Even in the Champions League group stages, they had a few flat performances. I was there at the Etihad against, I think it was Shakhtar Donetsk. They just looked out of ideas, um, and I think that's the problem. That's the problem with City. They don't have the same drive that they had in the past few seasons. They've looked flat. They've looked out of ideas. In terms of Manchester City as a whole this season, as, as I pointed out, they're in the Champions League stuff. They have a very good chance. In terms on paper, they have one of the best teams in Europe. You think the creativity going for Bruins, Bernardo Silva, David Silva, the Mahrez's, they can unlock defences and they can be any team in Europe. If they can just, you know, not make them mistakes at the back and not be so petulant at times when the fullbacks or whoever's the ball and they tuck in, they're out of position, they have a chance. So here's a question to you. If Man City go on, to win the Champions League this season, is it a better season than Liverpool winning just the Premier League? I think uh, last season when Liverpool won the Champions League and Man City won the Premier League, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp would have looked at each other and thought, I'd swap for that. Yeah, and at this And at this point, Klopp's won the Premier League. The pressure's on Pep now. I don't think they have the team that can win the Champions League. I hope they do, like I said, but I don't think without that stability at the back, I don't think they can go on and win the Champions League now. As you asked the original question, has the week, has the league been weaker this season? You have to say yes. I think Arsenal is definitely a part of that. Arsenal have been, I would say a shadow of themselves, but they have, they really, because no, I don't think it's no surprise that Arsenal have had a terrible season. I think Arsenal have looked a bad team for many years now. I think them FA Cups that Arsenal never won two back-to-back, didn't they? Not long time. They kind of, they almost kept them in the job at the time and it, it's what, it's what, you know, kept the limelight off of Arsenal, the fact they haven't won a trophy and so on. But Arsenal need to, they need to rebuild. It's their time to, to get back to the drawing board and build a squad which can compete again. It's the same as, you know, United are getting there. I think they need, they, they had to do a very similar thing. I think they're a bit more advanced than Arsenal are. I think Tottenham need to do the same thing. I think Chelsea are getting there. I think they've had a season. I feel like the transfer ban listed now and they're bringing in you know a lot of good players I feel like there's many teams Arsenal United Chelsea I mean they all, all need to push up and make the league more competitive again yeah um, I, I, I do believe that Arsenal are in a very strange position to be in right now um, they've got a lot of players out of contract that I don't think anyone is really certain of what to do with them so how do you feel about Aubameyang and the current situation around him well Aubameyang I think he's Arsenal's ball machine how quickly he got to the 50 Premier League goals. Incredible. Amazing talent. I think he's, what, he's at 31 now, is he? So he's getting on a bit. He's no spring chicken. Obviously, it isn't a long-term answer for Arsenal. I feel like where they're at at the moment, they need him. Losing him would be massive. It's like losing Van Persie. 
the catalyst of the team, the main man, the stri- you know, he, is he the striker now? He's more on the wing now it is, but the go- he's a goal scorer, never. I think he needs to stay, and he hasn't got long left in his contract, but he's got like another year. Yeah. So this is the current situation oh, okay. that I'm asking you on. So he's obviously, yeah, I've just checked, he is 31 this season, uh, this year. Yep. So, and there's rumours of a three-year contract being offered at very high wages. Do you think, you know, a 34-year-old, a Bang is that really what Arsenal need right now? Like, really to... Like, you look at Mirza Ozil and how he is one-fifth of the player he was a few years ago. And a player like Aubameyang that's so reliant on his pace. Mm. Is that the right move for Arsenal to give a player like that such a long contract, a big, um, very big wages? He'd be one of the highest earners in the league. I, I think so. I think if Arsenal got rid of Aubameyang now, it'd be more detrimental then it would be successful. Yeah. I feel like not only is he a very marketable player and he'll bring a lot of money in that way, he, he's, a, he's a talent, he's a captain. They've had so much crap going on with the captaincy. They've changed captains like three times. They need that stability of that captaincy. I think, I think Aubameyang needs to stay. He's 31. This isn't FIFA. He's 31. He's, that's, you know, he's not over the hill. I know what you say about the pace. and Pace will start to decline, you would imagine. But I think just watching Arsenal recently, his positional play, the way he puts himself in them positions to be on the end of, of anything, really, the way he closes down goalkeepers, the pressure he puts on, I think he's too important to get rid of. And I don't really see the harm of giving a three-year contract, two-year contract, even if the wages are high. I do think they need to get Mesut Ozil off the wage bill. I think he needs to go. He's just... It seems like he's a lost call. I think he's better off getting moved out. And that'll obviously give more room for the wage bill then, where you could have the looks of Bamak earning more. So I think he's too important to get rid of at this but point. But this is, this is the problem. So you, I, as you've just said, that they need to get Ozil off the wage bill. Um, is it wise if you get Ozil off just to get another aging player on, aging superstar on? But I think the big difference is though Ozil hasn't produced it. Ozil has not, he has not looked a 500 grand a week player or 350 a week player. He's not hardly played. He's got this back injury, the infamous back injury that he keeps getting and keeps getting him out, out on the side all the time. Been going on two two years now, so he's not seen the best of Ozil for years. Bamiang, I still think he's seen the best of him. He's one of the league's top scorers. He's up there. He's got, he must have a God. He must have like seventeen goals in the Premier or something like that. That's top of my head, I'd say he's not far behind Vardy in that respect in terms of chasing for that golden boot. I I feel like it's a completely different thing, like to compare the two at this moment where they're at with their careers. Because Ozil, I think he's almost done. Almost, I don't. Has he got a big move in him? Like, what? Who no, would take him? No, he would have to. I, I, cut, I think it, it's a China job for him. now. it's. He, you got a cut. You got the cut of wages if he does go somewhere. Babe. Who's going? I don't think anyone's going to pay three hundred grand a week for Ozil. No chance. Unless you're China or Qatar does that. But no. But I think Obama needs to stay. I think at least for that year, two years, and they build the team. Obviously, they don't build it around him. He's obviously a very important cog, cog in the team. But they need to build that team. Get all that youth up. To that standard, that sack looks like he's going to be a very good player. Martinelli as well. Martinelli's obviously injured at the minute, but he'll come back next season. They've got that uh, centre back, Beeler, whatever his name is, who's coming back off loan. He looks like he could be a good player. A few more transfers in and around the the, the, the you know the nucleus that they've got already there with the likes of Aubameyang. I'd say even Jack has made a bit of a resurrection in the past few games. A lot of Arsenal fans are Twitter slating him for you know really slating and getting into the last few games. He's been getting credit and he deserves it. So if he can. Play like he's been playing recently. He could be, you know, a good player in the midfield. Obviously, you've got a lot of good young players coming in. And Ketia, you know, Willock, so many of these players coming through. So with Arsenal, I, I wouldn't be too downhearted if I was an Arsenal. I'd be like, okay, there's the 
possible, you know, possibility we're going to push on from this. If Pepe can start playing, we know I've brought the raw talent he has. He's, you know, we've seen it for when he played for Lille. It was, yeah, I, didn't, I can't say I watched much of Lille, but you, you see highlights and whatever. But you see that he is a talent. And if he can just bring that out, you see, you see it every now and then with, with Pepe. You see, he loses the ball a lot. And that's very frustrating when you watch him. He tries that extra skill. And it's just, oh. He's like Ronaldo when he first came to the Prem. He's very frustrating. Well, Ronaldo was a, he was a lot younger, obviously. So it's not maybe not a fair comparison. Say like he just does too much. Keep it simple, you know. But I guess without going off topic too much, I think Aubameyang does need to stay at least for them two years while they build the team up better. And during them two years, then you can get yourself a superstar striker. Even then, the lack is there. Why he's not playing more minutes? He's been on the bench a lot recently. He's a fantastic player as well. I think they're both two very important players, and I think they've still got a couple more years left. In half. I think you can't look too far in the future with them two because they're not long-term players. But I think they're definitely could be very important for years is, while they is, build up the team. This is the point that you're saying they're not long-term players, then why should they be giving them long-term contracts? Well, I, I'm not going to come out here and say Aubameyang does not deserve a new contract. He 100% does. He has been Arsenal's best player for the past two seasons. Would you give Aubameyang a two-year contract if you were the Yes, board? definitely. Two years, absolutely. I, give See, I think that's what I think, two years. But this is the situation that Aubameyang doesn't want a two-year contract. He wants a four-year contract. But then, how often are contracts really seen out like is he going to stay for four years if he does even then is that a big issue 35 I know it's getting on with the way football's progressing the evolution you can play top on your 35 it's, you it's, seen very, more... it's a very rare case of that happening though but is it rare this current moment, I think it's rare 15 years ago I feel like the way the way they're just pure athletes I'd be at Arsenal when he's 35 would he still be the player he is now <sighs> we don't know until it happens probably not but I feel like with what he's done for Arsenal so far and the way he's the captain, he's the, you know, he's the leader of the team, or well, whether that is the case behind closed doors, if he is a leader, I'm not sure, but on the pitch he has to be, he's that captain's armour. I think Aubameyang, at minimum, I think two years is fine. If they can't agree two years and it was a three or a four-year deal, if you're an Arsenal fan, would you be be asked about that? You'd be probably like, ah, oh, that's fine, you know, whatever, you look past it. So I, I don't see the big deal if Arsenal did time down to a four-year contract. I think maybe a two-year and see how it's on them two years. But then, if they did decide to, set, if if they got into a contract, say a year or two contract, but then things were transpiring in the summer transfer window that maybe he didn't want to be there. What do you think his market value would be now? If if he obviously does sign a contract, I know he obviously would go free right now. I, I think. What do you think in this current market? If you're if you, forget the contract situation, if you're asking how much would you pay for a 31 year old Aubameyang, I think post Corona you're looking at, let's say 60, 70 million. You still think he's worth 60, 70 million? Yeah. Yes. I think for a team like Real Madrid, if you want instant success, you'd be willing to pay 60, 70 million for, uh, for an Aubameyang. Let's be honest. Like, Hefty. It is. It is. You're right. And it's, it's, not, it's not a sustainable way to look at it. But like, he, he's going to finish as one of the top scorers in the Premier League. He is still one of the best strikers in the world. But it's a question of how long will he do that for because it's very easy to write them off as well. Like like I said earlier, how um you can say oh a player doesn't work without a burst of pace. You're right, it isn't FIFA. Some players are anomalies and they can run into the later, later years of their careers. So is it fair to write him off this early? I don't think it is, no. I think as well with Aubameyang, he has such but so many good physical traits, he can just change his game. I'm, you know, I'm not saying he will. He maybe he will carry on playing that guy who gets in behind. I feel like he is starting to turn more into 
can argue it's more of a tight man. He holds Bob, looks, brings his teammates in. And then he still had this current pace to turn, get in behind or close down keepers at pace. So I feel like with Aubameyang, he could change his game even more. Be that focal striker. That I, he's like six foot odd, isn't he? He's not a small guy. You know, he's quite big. So I feel like he could just alter his game if he needs to. Like, you know, it's like Ronaldo. I don't know if Ronaldo, I don't think he's Ronaldo or Aubameyang. Yeah, as I said. But, um, Ronaldo's a freak. No, yeah, he's in the... But in terms of the change in the game, like Ronaldo, he doesn't, he can't, you know, he's not a man who's going to sprint past players, dribble anymore. He's changed his game. Maybe Aubameyang can do that. Maybe we don't know. I'd like to see him stay in the Prem, that's for sure. Very good player. So I, I, I do, from a neutral point of view, hope they do sign him onto a contract. <clears throat> I don't know if that will happen. But if it does, I think it's the right move for Arsenal. Yeah. Okay. But what do you think about Arsenal's North London rivals, Tottenham? Where are they at right now? I, think, I feel like I, it's a bit I, I up think, in the air. With I, I am not very. I, I, I'm not expecting big things from Jose. To be honest, I. I think obviously this Spurs side is needed investment for years now. Um, with the very structured wage structure, mm. um, it's very hard to operate with the big boys. And they're looking this season at they'll be lucky to get Europa League, in my opinion. Um, they've got Harry Kane. It's whether Harry Kane stays or not. I think he's going to be a major factor. Yeah. Because even though he doesn't look as raring to go as usual, he still is Tottenham's best player, most pro, most marketable player. He he is the man that you build a team around. We're talking about the man who built the team around. Jose came out actually, he's done an interview and he says how he believes at the club right now there is a nucleus of players he wants to carry on building that team around. He said, in this team, we have a lot of people, right age, with the right quality, with the right ambition. So I would say that in three, five years' time, the base of the team will still be around important players that are at the club now. So if he talks about that building that nucleus around players that are still at the club now, you have the likes of Harry Kane, you have possibly Deli Ali on his day. You have a very good goalkeeper, Hugo Loris. Like, Toby had the words getting on a bit, but is that right group of players to build the team around? Is he right in what he's saying? Like, who are we to undermine Jose Mourinho? But at the same time, I feel like Tottenham need to do a lot of changes, not you just can, one or two. You, you can ask who are we to question Jose Mourinho. I think we are in a very strong position to question Jose Mourinho. I think he's, 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 he's a finished man. He, he comes into clubs now and he, he, he seems more about, not for the payday, but. Look, he wants he instant success careers. and he's not going to get yeah, that exactly. he's ruining careers though look at Ndombele he is going to be well can be he was what? shit though on the Pochettino at the first half of the season right though, yeah he, sure so. but this is a play you need to nurture and to, to flourish rather not criticise openly in the media and get rid of because he's a very very profitable player you, you could go and sell him Ndombele for over 100 million a couple of seasons if he plays well so yeah. to cast him away, look, Jose really needs to watch his step. Needs to be very careful. He he's got such a fucking um, <laughs> Eric Dyer. I don't get it from Mourinho. He he seems insistent on playing him all the time. He's I, I, such like, an average okay, footballer. I, I do like Eric Dyer though. I think he do you actually? Yeah, I think I do, he's incredibly yeah. average football. I don't think he brings much more than any other footballer does to the game. And to put so much reliance on him, a bit crazy. I think. Yeah. Um... I do agree with you um, that there probably is four or five players in Tottenham you could really build a side around. But, you know, we, we've all um, 
given Tottenham credit over the years of having a decent defence, you know, Aldevira, Vertonghen, Lloris is a decent goalie. You know, a lot of players that clubs like Man United, you know, would monitor and try and sign these players, but they've gone now. The contracts are going to run out. They're very up in the air. Tottenham need to rebuild the defence. And do you think Levy's going to really fund that? Well, he needs to. I think if he's serious about contending, he has to. Like this, you know, I I think Toby Alderweireld is a fantastic, and I was a bit a bit wounded when we didn't buy him when we was linked to, him, or when his contract was expiring or whatever. It was a bit like, ah, oh, that's a bit shit. Cause he's a great player, and I think he would have fit in really well. But at this point now, moving on two three years since all them links with him, is he past it? Is Vertonghen past it? I feel like you could argue yeah. Sanchez obviously he's younger. He's got youth on his side, but he's a bit unreliable at times. I think that's fair to say. They do need a whole, I think, a whole new back four, back five, depending on what system they play. It's it's not good enough. I don't think, very rarely did Tottenham keep clean sheets. And I feel like they need to establish that. Because I feel like going forward, they're not, it's not bad, is it? They've got Kane, they've got Celso, they've got Son, Lucas Moura, you know, Steve Bergwin, it's uh, Deli Alley. It's, it's, it's a lot. So I don't think that's necessarily the issue. But I do agree with how you said they need to replace the defence and really build that strong foundation. They have tried on the relative cheapness of it. So Davison Sanchez, who looked a great prospect whilst at Ajax, and he hasn't really got going at Tottenham. And I don't see that happening. Uh, Foyf as well. I I, I think he's got too many errors. He's got... Yeah, I was about to say, he he cocks up on what he does. Can Tottenham afford to go... Because, I mean, it's very easy to say. Every team needs a world-class centre-half, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But there isn't that many. And they're, they're competing with Man City to get an, uh, you know, a decent centre-half now. You know, I think Liverpool will be in the market because Joe Gomez really isn't sustainable to... Do you not think? Look, he, he's a decent partnership with Van Dijk at the minute, but Van Dijk's getting older. You know, They need that towering presence. So every team in the Premier League now is looking at it going, we need a new centre-half. There's very few teams maybe apart from Burnley, that are, that are happy with the defensive back line completely. But as, like a, as a team like Tottenham, you say like, they need a world-class defender, but then are they better off looking closer to home in terms of the Premier League? The likes of like Tarkowski, Burnley, sorry, or um, you know, like a Soyuncu from Leicester. Do you think rather than trying to spend big money on one of these foreign players, they should look more closer to I, home in the Premier League? I, I think it's a very frightening prospect to go and spend eighty million on James Tarkowski, to be honest. I think yeah. I think it's very similar to the situation with, with um Michael Keane, where these are great players, absolutely great players in the Burnley system. You watch them and you think, wow, you know, the fact that Burnley can go and compete with the big the big boys in terms of goals conceded is great. But seventy million for James Tarkowski would it be seventy million though? I remember, I remember not too long ago he was he was linked with where I can't remember two now, and it was they were shocking around like fifty million. Is is Tarkowski like well, to Burnley? Uh, is, good... is he worth seventy million to Burnley? And you'd say yes because you know his performances keep them in the Premier League every season. I think I think Burnley could cope without him if they get fifty million because Ben Mee's you know they got... well, Ben Mee's getting older as well, so well... that means Burnley would have to go out and buy a new defender. You know. And this is a team that like could lose Dyche, but are very, very happy with their defensive structure. So 
losing losing us an important player, Tarkovsky, would be massive. So I think you'd be to prize them off Burnley's hands. You'd be looking at least upwards of 30, 40 million. and mm. to spend that on a player like Tarkovsky, it it's it's not it's not a very nice prospect. Let's just put it that way. I'm sure I'm sure more if you're the a, Premier League wouldn't want to be spending that much money. If you're a Burnley fan though. I feel like the bulk would would agree to like fifty million, wouldn't they? They'd say yes, we'll take fifty million, well and, and you can it's sell Tarkovsky. It's all well and good to get him fifty million, but who are you going to spend it on? But then that's the thing. Like if you can if you can do one of these really coop deals, where again, like centuries, I I don't I must I don't know who he was before he signed. No, and he's been, he's been a really good signing. So I don't think it's always a case of you to spend fifty. Like I I don't think that's necessarily the case. Obviously, if you want to be world world class, maybe. But then I thought someone like Burnley could find a very good replacement for fifteen million. I really yeah. do. Yes, they, they they could, but the question is, will they? And well, as well, the market now. I think the market's going to be. I don't know for a fact, but I feel like with the whole Rona thing, surely transfer fees might drop. Well, I think we spend enough time talking about the Premier League. Um, <laughs> because we'll be we'll be here all day talking. Yeah, you, you could uh, be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I, and I do think you know these are important things to talk about, and we will talk about them in time. But uh, let's move on to a more pressing issue of um, we are all very, we're all very worried, and we're all um, counting down the days, unfortunately, until Leeds <laughs> will be a Premier League team. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's looking like inevitability. We've all done our best to stop it, but even um, the coronavirus couldn't stop it. Yeah, exactly, and it's one of them. It's going to happen. Um, I hope not. I really hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I most agree with you. Yeah, it's not. The, to be fair, right? So there's five games left. Championship. Um, Brentford are own. Uh, they're six points behind Leeds. They're obviously West Brom as well. They're in there. You never know. We could have a miracle. <laughs> Only Watkins masterclass. You never know. Uh, I, I'm not optimistic. I think with five games remaining, they have to lose. You know, at least two. And that's unlikely with Leeds. As much as Leeds bottle stuff, I feel like they can't bottle this time. If they do, then that's seriously impressive. Look, in, in all seriousness, Leeds deserve to go up. They've been one of the best, if not the best team in the league this season. Yeah. Biesla plays beautiful football. He's the best manager that has been the ball. He has. It, 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 it's a real testament to how far they've come from having Steve Evans as manager. Yeah. But another way to look at it is. So I, I, I saw uh, my Blackburn play Leeds a few days ago and the the problems with Leeds were apparent. The problems with Blackburn are endless, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> That's a whole episode of its own, that is. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they aren't apparent. They're just, they're, <laughs> there's just too many. You know, it's, it, it's like a game of Warriors Wally, but the page is just Wally's. Um, <laughs> we had 11 Wally's. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, That's the best analogy you've used yeah. all day, that. I like it. Yeah, got a bit rattled in the middle. Um, oh, so... Yeah. So the problem leads. I think a lot of people point the, the finger at Patrick Bamford. Yeah, um, he gets a lot of know, criticism from Leeds fans. Isn't he? he does, and Leeds fans are probably the biggest critic of Patrick Bamford. But looking at the stats, they have a point. The stats aren't great reading, are they, for Patrick Bamford? No, for a team for a team like Leeds, you know, it's very easy to say, "Oh, why don't they just go and sign a top goal scorer?" Mm. It's not as simple as that. You know, Patrick Bamford, you know, I, I, I was mistaken. I, I still thought he was very young. Is he 27? He's 26 is he? he is now. So, 
26, yeah. right? So you're looking, he's, he's coming to his prime soon. And how many goals has he scored this season? You had the stats. Yeah, already, he, he has scored 15 goals he has in the, in the championship this season. 15 goals. Not a bad return for a striker. Nowhere near a bad return. But for Leeds United, a team that plays such good football, have the highest XG, you know, they create so many great goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah, and only scoring fifteen goals. Yeah, he's uh he's played three thousand one hundred thirty-seven minutes, and it works out in a goal every two hundred nine minutes, which isn't great reading really for for no, a team that's top it, of the it, table. It isn't great. It's fantastic for Patrick. It, it isn't great at all. And look, I, I've heard a lot of Leeds fans come out and say, if it wasn't for Patrick Bamford, we would already be in the Premier League now. We we you know there would be a P next to the Leeds name, and. I disagree, to be honest. Um, watching Leeds the other day, the, the problem wasn't really up front. Patrick Ramford did score a very nice goal. But the problem for me was Leeds, they, they concede too many chances. You know when you play against Leeds United. It's very similar to Man City, but, you know. Yeah, because well. Leeds, um, Leeds are as good yeah. as Man City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big big stem. Oh, so, you play against Leeds United, no matter who you are, you're Luton Town, you're Blackburn Rovers, you're not you're going to have chances against Leeds. Right. Um, it's fine. In the Championship, it's fine right now because, you know, the quality of strikers that will have them goal-scoring opportunities are the likes of Sam Gallagher, who will slide it past the post. And, <laughs> yeah. you know... Not the, be- not the best in this great. You do that in the Premier League, you've got Aguero on the end of it. Do you think Aguero's doing a Sam Gallagher? Absolutely not. I do think one player and- that's been impressive this season... Is Ollie Watkins owning it for Brentford? Yes, he's been he's an absolutely phenomenal. And that Brentford side excited me a lot. To put it they, they really do. Yeah, to put it into perspective, Patrick Bams with fifteen goals. You look at the people above him, Brian M. Buemmo probably murdered that name, so I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry, Brian. But he's got fifteen goals. You look up yeah. further, Ollie Watkins twenty three goals, you know. And then side Benarama, who scored a hat trick the other day, he's got 14, one less than Patrick Bamford. Them three players have all done as good or better than Bamford. It's just incredible how, how good they are going forward, Brentford. Yet they're still Leeds are six points above them. And Leeds are probably going to get the championship. So the question is what, how, how would Bamford maybe not be in the best striker to ever exist in the championship? How are Leeds still getting to that point where they're top? What would you say this Leeds side has? These other championship championships are back. I think Leeds, they have a great manager. They do, and that is the difference. They have a great manager, and they've got some great players. Kelvin Phillips, he's going to go places. He is phenomenal. They call him the Yorkshire Perlow, and I'm not surprised. You know, and they've they've got some other great players. Who's is it? Is it Ben White at the back? I believe. Yeah. Um, on loan. You know, some some great players, but they really need to fix this this. Um, conceding of so many chances because as I said in the Premier League that just won't fly yeah yes and, I agree but it's very hard to predict how a team will turn up in the Premier League no, no one expected Sheff- Sheffield United to be challenging for Europe this season let's be honest I think though a lot of Leeds fans you know could be questionable if they're a little deluded Leeds fans but it's been questioned they, they kind of put across it. they think they'll be challenging straight away they'll be doing a Wolves and within a couple of years they will be up there the problem with gauging Leeds fans is there's so many of them. Um, so the vocal, you know, minority 
will be claiming, you know, they'll be challenging Man United for the league, right? You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be up there. But it's like, it, it's not as simple as that. Um, I think they keep Biesler, which they will if they get promoted. Um, they can work on his system. They can bring in the players they need. Don't do a Fulham. Don't, don't bring <laughs> yeah. all, these, all these players. They spent 100 million, Fulham did. That's mad. They exactly. go, they and, go and down then, to get what, Andre Sherlin. The, the worst part about that is they've signed all these players on high on big contracts on a lot of money. They get relegated to the championship. These are not championship players. These are not players that are fit to play in the championship. They won't they won't want to for first. And two, they're just they're on the they're on these like Seri, where's Seri at now? Let, let me find out where Seri is. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Just, but with it's either, he's, he's, the, 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 I, th- I think he was the the biggest transfer they made. Yeah. And look, and look, we've seen it happen with Sunderland as well. Sunderland have let like um, players go for pennies after paying so yeah. much for them in Premier League because their value just drops. Okay, yeah. So um, Seri is now at Galatasaray. Is he on loan? Do you know, or is that a permanent? Uh, that is, yeah, he's, on, he's only on loan. So, but obviously, Fulham doing decent this season, and a player like Seri, who you know. Looked great before he came to Fulham. He looked like a real great signing that you looked at him and go, "Yeah, yeah, could really do bits." But you know, I agree with that. I think with Leeds, a squad they got, you know, they got the likes of that Kevin Augustin, um, Gene Kevin Augustin in their team. It's like he's, you know, he looked like he could be a really good player, but then he's dropped off and he's not really featured this season. Well, they also had Enketia, was it from um, Arsenal? Yes, they did for the first half of the season. Yes. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. So obviously, Biesler likes Bamford, and if you support Leeds and support support, but Biesler, mm. you need to be like, okay, does the responsibility fall on Patrick Bamford or does it fall on Biesler? Because it's it's him that's choosing the team. It's him that's constantly picking Bamford. It's not Bamford's fault. Look, he might be a weasel. He might dive. Might kick out. You know, might miss chances. Whatever. Right. But it's not his fault he's been put on the pitch. I think the reason as well that Augustine hasn't been playing is because he's been on loan at Monaco as well. That, that really doesn't help. <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. He, he, he did realise... He's at Leeds. He's at Leeds. I think he... Has, what did they do? Did they like... Did he go back to Leeds recently? Because I'm just looking at him. And it said he was at Monaco. He played oh, 10 games. Oh this, is, this is what happened. I believe he was at Leeds and then his contract was cut short. Not cut short, but they didn't extend the loan deal... And I think that's why Bamford is their only striker at the minute now. But still, yeah. when Augustine did when Augustine did sign for Leeds, he wasn't preferred. You know, a lot of um, arguments were that he wasn't match fit. But I think Bielsa just prefers Bamford. He prefers the way he plays, the, the his positioning, and um, you know, at the end of the day, Leeds are going to get promoted. They are, and and Bielsa, and Bielsa has chosen Bamford to be his striker, and. The question is, have they been harsh on Bamford? It's an interesting one to answer, really, because he is top goal scorer, as you, as you as you pointed out, for the club. But I think his return for a side of the league and create as many chances as leads. I think they could do better. I mean, who's available? Who's out there? Who could they get in? That's another question. Something I think they need well, to... If, if they go up, they're going to have to recruit. Well. I, think, I think, I agree. I they need to buy a strike. They do. But we could be... But, but honestly, I don't think anyone's anyone disagrees with the fact that Leeds could be a big force in the Premier League if they're stabilised. Maybe one day. 
But I think that that's well, that's, it's that's not even one day. I think Look, it's... five years, five five years they could be challenging for Europa League, and I, I, I it's, it, I'm putting myself out there by saying that. But definitely, they've got the fan base, they've got the infrastructure, right? If they get things right, th- there's no reason they, they shouldn't they shouldn't be challenging for Europe. To be fair, one thing you can't deny about they have got you know they've got a very dedicated fan base and a lot of. Them. You think you have to give respect to that to them. Well, and they deserve yeah, Premiership do. football, I think. I don't like to say that. I think they do. I think it's their time to come back. And it could be interesting well, to have I, some... I, it, it could be interesting for my United standpoint. Well, nice derby. I say derby, but, you know, big game with Leeds. That would be quite nice twice a season. You, know, that's, you could look at it that way. I think the biggest losers of Leeds being promoted would be the Championship. Because every team in the Championship knows when Leeds are in town, the money's in. Yeah. You know when Leeds come, they're selling out your allocation. You know they are funding your next transfer. <laughs> the question is, though, we're obviously Leeds are leading the way at the championship. Would you say the gap is, with terms of quality, how big of a gap is it between the championship and the premiership? Because we have seen teams struggle. What is that gap? And what do teams who get promoted, what do they need to do to do like what we did? What is, what is, it, what is it they have to do, do you think, to, to close well, that gap? I, I think... I think Wolves is an unfair comparison because Wolves have financially doped, let's be honest, through agents. Mm. Um, and I feel like they were always set to stabilise in the Premier League. How can you not when you've got, you know, so many great players? Ruben Neves playing in your midfield. It was an interesting one when they signed Neves. It is. Yeah. Million so it, 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 it's one of the things. There's, there's no way you can't stabilise a Premier League team with players of that quality. So... I'm I'm a big defender of the championship. I think the championship is one of the best leagues in the world. It's definitely the best second division in the world. The the second Bundesliga it's, it's just not comparable, is can it? You name, can you honest. name a team that plays in the second Bundesliga? <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. I mean, <laughs> can you go on then? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is reinforcing your point, though. To be fair. What that we don't know about football. No, well, yeah, <laughs> but also how I, I would I would you know agree with you. Championship, it's yeah, it's well, a great league. You know, well, it's it's very highly watched as well. Viewing figures, they're they're higher than most top leagues around the world. It's because the, there's such a de- dedicated fan base out there that love the teams, and the championship is. Don't get me wrong. You know, people say it's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of. But when you're a fan of a championship team, everyone goes, well, it's just as good as the Premier League. It's just as good quality. That's bullshit because there's no way when you turn on the telly and it's Luton versus Swansea. If you're not a Luton or Swansea fan, are you arsed? Because I'm not. Nope. Well, you're only arsed when it affects your team. If, you know, if Swansea win, then, you know, oh, you might be harder to get your playoffs and things like that. No, you're just not arsed because it doesn't have the same stakes. The Premier League is just more streamlined it's it's nicer to watch i've not watched the the football league show whatever it's called now on i think it's on spike it, in it on? it's on spike spots spots spike something i think it like might be nowadays pick, no pick tv maybe it's just some shit i miss you know Bashin was it the, you know yeah. i used to do it like, uh, uh, yeah midnight you know that's when the championship was peak when we weren't in it, and I could just turn off at midnight, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could get to sleep, you know. But you know, the, I think, I think you will struggle uh, to sit through most championship games that don't affect your team. 
and I'm a huge defender of the championship. Yeah, I think there is a gap. I really do. Like you look, just you know, just this season. Like you look at the FA Cup final, eight Premier League teams. You know, but that's a rarity. That that, that is that like, is true. Rare. That is rare. I feel like that is almost, it goes to show on the if they take the cup seriously, teams and don't wrestle their players. The Premiership has so much more than Championship. I think. I think the look, majority. The majority. I. I, I... Look, my point was you wouldn't want to watch that game, but would you want to watch Burnley versus Crystal Palace as well? No, you don't. It, it's it's a bore fest. So really, I think there isn't much difference between the top ten of the Championship to the bottom ten of the Premier League. But the top ten of the Premier League are just they're enormous. They're, there's no way you're getting near them because you look at teams like Liverpool; they're a pressing machine. You have nothing similar in the Championship. I half agree Where? with that. I half agree. It's one of them. It's interesting. We'll see how it goes forward now and who will, will get them promotion play and who will get automatics uh, and who will get play. But I think the last thing that we need to cover today before we wrap this up is what do we make of the guard of honour then between Manchester City and Liverpool? It was a bit half arsed, wasn't it? It was, but you're never going to get, you know, these are, these are very common competitive footballers do you really want them getting down on a knee and clapping and being like oh well done guys you've, you've really done us this year it's embarrassing it's I do. it's not something you want to do is it <laughs> I don't think any fan is particularly after seeing it I don't think any player wants to do it I think they're looking comfortable I think the players walking through the garden I feel like it's it's an outdated tradition which we don't need anymore I think it should be scrapped no we don't look. It's a great. It's a great way of you know producing memes. Like you look at the Van Persie walking. That down, was good. You know, enjoyed that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it's great for that. But it's just, it's just bizarre. <laughs> like it's a weird concept to go through. And I remember someone explaining it to Jurgen Klopp a few weeks ago, and he didn't really get it. And I, I, I personally don't. I, and look, big team, uh, other other leagues do it. Uh, Barca have given you know Real. God of Honours before um, so it's not just an English thing but no I'm not afraid uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's very I think it's very emasculated I like the uh, <laughs> I like Bernardo Silva he's just got a coffee in his it's great but then you see the reaction on Twitter the backlash from the Liverpool oh, yeah. fans Liverpool, Liverpool fans were celebrating being injured Bloody the other day hell, it was bad Liverpool like you, look, you're on the, you go on the search bar on Twitter you type in Bernardo Silva words followed it are like rat Racist, all this. Everyone's all bringing stuff up, like this. He's a rat. They're calling them out for the exactly. time he did that. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone's bringing that back up. Like, how can we su- mm. be surprised by this racist rat doing what he's done? Bloody hell, he didn't clap at a, a, a clap at a, a guard of honor. It's not like he's a club that supported a racist in Suarez. He's not, you know, justice for Suarez and all this. Patrice, ever what you called him? Like, the club is is so strange. The club are double that they have. And how they are losing their nut about uh, Bernardo Silva not clapping. It's just silly. You've won the league. Why are you getting so rattled by Bernardo Silva? That's a small club mentality. From one of the biggest clubs in, in England, how can you have such bitter fans that have asked about that? Who cares? Like, honestly, if it was the other way around, when Man United used to be champions, well, when we had guards at the end of the season, if no one clapped, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. I'd rather just go and win the game, right? It's stupid. I, I, stupid. I, don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, right? And yeah, you're right. It, it, it is very, it's a small mentality, but it's always going to happen. Like, I remember when Herrera spat on the Man City. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 
bad. Yeah, shit that? Algebra. Yeah, so it, it, yeah. It, well, it, if it happens for your team, it's shit algebra. Yeah. If if it happens against you, you know, you're fuming, you're, you're, you're outraged, you're disrespected, whatever. And look, it, it's a strange tradition, and it's one that it, it creates more of a hoo-ha than it needs to before. Yeah, I do. I am liking this right between I think it's very interesting. Obviously, I want Maynard to be in the mix competing going forward, but if we don't, it's still quite fun to see these two go at it, these two really fantastic teams. So, it'd be very interesting to see what happens in the seasons. To be honest, I'm sick of it. I, 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 like, <sighs> I, I miss the old days. Back when we were beating you 7-1, Berbatov hat trick, them days. Oh, them days. I think that's a good enough place. I think uh, it's a great time to think about when we were good. When Berbatov used to play for us and Blackburn soon got relegated. I think it's a, a very good place to end it. Yeah, just end it in general. Oh, you know. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, I think that's a bit drastic. But um, yeah, yeah, it's been a fun one. It's been a good okay. one for the can. Yeah. So thanks for sticking by in our um, inaugural podcast. Big words for you, um, Thank you, bro. Uh, two one. Uh, we're still finding our um, our feet with this. Uh, I guess we'll just see where it goes. With a whole... And if we are, I just don't Hopefully listen again. It's not too issue. much. Yeah, if you want to stick with us. And... Yeah, yeah see you later. Right. Send yeah. us a horrible tweet. Yeah, yeah, just fuck her right off, yeah. 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 I mean, just don't bully us because, you know, we're very self-conscious. <laughs> yeah, well, please. Can handle that. Fucking hell. Please, please yeah, be nice. So, you know, yeah, you know, actually, like, forget what we said. Be really yeah. nice. Yeah, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's what I will say. <laughs> you know what? If you've got nothing nice to say, think of something nice yeah. to say and send it to we, us. We will take false, you know, things that aren't true and just just anything nice, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you just want to say anything, just 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 don't be nasty. Yeah. You know, be kind. You know, if one. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a very good place to say uh, goodbye to the, to everyone listening, which is a lot of people, obviously, for the first one. We're gonna hit the ground running hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as I said, uh, we're very fan of our feet. So we're still, so obviously you're probably listening to this on Spotify. You can follow our uh, Twitter account at InterBigSafe, um, where we will provide quality entertainment and tweets, and including transfer yep. rumors. Uh, we've got a lot planned, haven't we? So, as, as well as the transfer rumors, a lot planned. A lot rather planned. than the transfer, we've got a we've lot of got... stuff. We're going to try and think of some segments to do. Yeah, you. you have no idea. We've got so oh, much planned. So we've much. got like, we got backlogs <laughs> of stuff. Like, you have no idea the stuff we got coming. Yeah, oh, we're definitely not doing it on the fly. We're definitely not just making up as we go along. No, we, we, no, we, we. But yeah. we are going to try and put a lot of different stuff out rather than just podcasts. It's going to be... Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We will lose followers. That's cool. We're at peace with that. As well, we're not sure. We might, you know, we might, you know, go out and talk about other stuff and just football. But at the minute, we're going to stick to the football theme. We're going to go and move on to transfers. Yeah. We might do a bit of betting, talk about that, even though we're not the best at it. But we'll, 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 yeah. Yeah, betting, yeah. Yeah, that's pints. Now the pubs are open again. We can you know, get a pint and work out what bets we're all going to do. But no, we're going to try and put out some good stuff for you guys and hopefully you'll enjoy it and you'll, you'll join us for this, uh, this, this ride, even though it's very new and very fresh. We hope we can, can carry on with it and it'll be, it'll be good. Okay, yeah. guys. Thank right. you, everyone. See you later. Thank you.